Welcome to This Wildlife Podcast, a conservation podcast that brings you up to date with frontline conservation efforts from across the globe. Every week, we'll be transporting you to somewhere new. To the vast plains of Africa, to the humidity of the Amazon rainforest, to the stunning coral reefs of Madagascar. Expect stories of wild adventures and get to know the characters who are dedicating their lives to protect our beautiful planet. We're here to bring the wild to you. Hello and welcome to another episode of This Wildlife Podcast. I'm Amy Turner and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Sergeant Nkateko Mazimba a key member of the Black Mambas. So before I say anything else, Nkateko, it's wonderful to have you here. Welcome onto the podcast. Hello, hello. Well, Nkateko, I I think so many people are going to be really, really excited to hear all about you. And um, for that reason, I'm just going to give everyone a bit of an intro, if that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, the Black Mambas are the first all-female anti-poaching unit in the world. They are led by Craig Spencer, who has done exceptional work to set up this unit. The Black Mambas act as the first line of defence against poachers by patrolling and protecting the Baluli region of the Greater Kruger National Park in South Africa. They do hours of patrols, intense physical training, and interestingly, they are all unarmed. This, of course, makes the threat to them very, very real, whether that's from the lion, elephant, leopard, but also the threat of the armed poachers. The positive impact of the Black Mambas cannot be understated. They have reduced poaching in their area by over 60% since they started, They've also positively influenced the community to protect their wildlife and undoubtedly the Mambas are inspiring a generation of females who are going to fight to protect their wildlife. So it goes without saying to be joined by Nkateko today is an absolute privilege. So could we perhaps start by learning a bit about yourself where you come from and your background. Mm, I'm coming from a rural area called Sovukani village. So uh, it's where I was born. I grew up there. This is a small rural area and it's a poor place. Like we don't have towns. Uh, so but schools and everything we do have, but that's a, a poor place. So I managed to grow up there and then went to school there, finished school. And then I started to be a black mamba in 2014. 
Okay, and before you became a member, did you have a passion for the wildlife like you obviously do now? Mm, Firstly, the moment I was in high school, we were starting a project called Eco Clubs. So each and every month, they nominate two people to go to Kruger National Park or go to Timbavati Private Nature Reserve. So sometimes I was being picked to go to Timbavati Private Nature Reserve where we learn more about nature. So I started learning nature and then I told myself, like, I want to work in the, in the reserve. It's either I've been a tour guide or a ranger or anything that based in the bush. So it's where I started to grow up my mind, like nature is beautiful. I have to protect nature, like I love nature. And then sometimes when I get chance, I used to go to Kruger, maybe visiting some of the guards because I wanted to become a tour guide for my, for my future. That's my dream. So it's where I started loving nature. So being nominated here as a black mamba, I found that it's a platform because at least I'll try to learn more about the bush and then it will be easy for me to go to like it to, to my dream will become true. And then I can try my best to become a guide. Brilliant to hear. I mean, it's, it's really, it's such a cool story. So obviously the Black Mambas is very, very unique. How did you hear about the Black Mambas? And did you know anyone else who was a Black Mamba before you joined? Mm, my younger sister, she was working here since 2014. And then Craig Spencer, he decided to recruit more people to become a Black Mamba. So when she came back at home, she said, my sister, I said, yes. You say, Craig Spencer needs people to become a black mom, but do you want to become a black mom? At the beginning, I was so angry because thinking about snake, how can I become a snake? So we were trying to fight because I was not understanding the name black mambas because I know that black mambas is a strong snake. So how can I become a snake? Then she ended up explaining <laughs> more about the black mamba, that the black mamba is a small project, that runs by the women's and then working in the bush um, without guns, trying to protect the nature for the next generation. Then I find that that is my dream, at least my dream trying to become true. Because once I work in the bush, I will become a tour guide. So then I say, yes, I want to join you to become a black mamba. And then I was likely wow. being nominated, coming to training and then being a black member until now. Mm, okay, so you mentioned there about how you decided to become a black member. How was the training to become a black member? The training was so very hard. Uh, but just because I was having that passion that I will make it. And then I want to make it just because being in the bush is very much important for me. The training was so hard. We spent almost 12 to 14 days without bathing, without eating nice food. You can imagine, you must wake up around 4 a.m. starting to cook, and then you have to clean all the bushes. You have to hide all the information that we were like ashes. We have to clean all our pots. Then 
we have to go and do the runs, do the push-ups, all those kind of situations. You have to do something that is very much hard to make them become strong. So just because I was to work in the bush, I was thinking like, I can do it. No matter how hard the training, I will make it. Because I know that one day my dream will become true. So it was very much hard. Sometimes we were facing with the, the rain, but just because we were in a training, we were staying there while it was raining. Sometimes it's too hot, sometimes it's windy, but we were not care about all those weather we were facing. We do what we, we were planning to do, or we do what our dreams, we were like, we do what we want to, to being a, a black mamba. So the training was hard. When I when I reached there, firstly, I was a little bit fed, but during the training, you, I was like a slender. I was asking myself, what? The training changed me so much because I was at least a higher weight, but now I'm on a, a little bit nice weight. And then we did what they want us to do because we wanted to to protect the nature. Mm, so. You mentioned there your work. You, you work in a big five area. Do you ever get worried on your patrols about coming across some of the wildlife that you're trying to actually protect, like elephants or lion or oh, leopard? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Most of the time we face with the challenge of ch- chasing by the elephant and the lions. So we managed to run. I was being killed I I, sh- I should be dead. I, I can say that I should not be alive, being killed by the ele- the lions. Uh, it was early morning. We were on patrol. And then one of the guys said, "The message, members, please be careful. There is a lion behind, in front of you." So we say thank you, and then we keep walking because it's our job to do the fence check. We continue patrolling the fence, plus or minus five minutes. Then we meet with the the group, the family of the the lions. They start chasing because there is a cub there. We run to hell. We were not having like we have to stop. We did stop, but because the lions normally give the people the warning, like please don't come to me. But because of the the cubs, they were are too aggressive. We managed to run until we jump. Then we climb on top of the tree. When we looked down, we found that there are lots of lions with the babies. We cried to hell. Can you imagine facing with the lion chasing you while you don't have a gun? And then when we have to do the job, but because of those lions, I end up saying, I quit this job. Then they take us to counseling, and then they teach us, like, this is the life of the bush, you have to enjoy it. I said, okay, fine. Now, I, no matter what situation I, I, I came across, I will manage to make it. So each and every time, so once we go to the bush, we have to read the bush. We have to read the body language of the elephant or any animals. Because you may bump on top of, in front of the elephant. So, But we have to try to know better, more about the so that we can survive. So because we all do those kind of training and then... And now I know that if I came across with this challenge, I have to do this. Oh my gosh, you guys are incredible. 
I'm sure people listening to this will be amazed by that. Now, in terms of the Black Mambas and your work to prevent wildlife poaching, what jobs do you do to prevent the poachers? And I understand you have had a lot of success removing snares. Mm, the thing that I'm loving when I'm going to the bush is do sweeping. Normally, when I talk about sweeping, some of the people, they don't understand what's the meaning of sweeping. They thought maybe I'm taking the broom, cleaning the yard. No. Sweeping is where we split. If maybe we are four or five people in the bush, we have to split maybe five meters each other. And then we go through the thick bush to search the snake. Because some of the people or the poachers, they came to our reserve, put the snare for the meat poacher. So the job that I love the most is to go through the bush and taking all the snares that the poachers are putting in our reserve. And so what do these snares catch? What animals? It depends what kind of a snare is. It can coat even the, the rhino. Impala, kudu, even elephant itself, because once they put all this this name, they know that anything that it can pass through is going to be coated. It's either on the neck, but more especially the impala or the jayka or the wasog on the neck. But more especially like a giraffe, maybe on the legs, elephant, sometimes on the legs, rhino, sometimes on the legs, because it is bigger the the animals and then they manage to put it a little bit down to catch the small animals so any animals it depends on what kind of size they make it there to coat all the the animals well it's amazing what you've done for our listeners at home the black mambas have reduced poaching incidents by over 60 percent yeah absolutely incredible work so in Kiteko, what what does a day look like as a black mamba? What what do you do in a day? Mm, it depends on the the season. Like now, it's summer. It's too hot. We normally start sometimes six o'clock or half past six. It depends because we have to do early detection and crime prevention. So once we go in the morning around six o'clock or half past six. It's where we can see the, the fresh tracks, maybe anything that's suspicious while we're doing the, the fence check. So it's good to start early in the morning, half past six or seven o'clock. Okay, and, and how long do you patrol for? Mm, in the morning, it's, it's four hours. Then after doing a double shift per day, I normally do morning patrol and night patrol. Mm, okay, and so... And Kateka, you, you've mentioned before that you are acting against the poachers and you are unarmed. Do you ever get concerned about this and, and worry about your safety? Mm, I did because if I'm not mistaken, it was two years back, even this year, uh, we chased the poacher while he was having a gun. And then once he saw us, he just threw all those stuff and then he ran. So sometimes I'm feeling mm, not safe because those poachers are already armed. They've carried the big guns and then we don't carry anything. So just because we have the eyes and the ears, once we saw those kind of situation, 
we report it immediately and then we make a plan to hide ourselves somewhere so Sometimes I'm not feeling happy about the poachers because I know that I'm putting myself in danger, especially from the poachers, but not to the animals. And so what do your family and your local community think about you being a black mamba? Yes, at the, first, at the beginning, my family, especially the family, they were not happy about my job because they, they thought maybe once I, uh, I'm coming back to work, I won't go back at home. It's either killed by the animals or killed by the poachers. So I did explain to them there, I know that I'm not saved because of the poacher and the animals. But just because my social on the bush, I've been told that if you saw animals, you know that how you react. So, but for the poachers, yes, you can be feeling not happy about me, but because I don't have a choice, I have to protect the nature, especially for them at home, because if they want to see the elephant, so they they end up understanding. And then each and every month when I'm on leave, they saw me again. They say, ah, thank God you're back. Once they, I'm coming back, they have to pray for me that be safe, be strong, watch out. So each and every time they keep praying on us, especially when we came across with the poachers. Mm. I mean, I'm sure the community must be hugely proud. Um, and as you say, you want them to be able to see elephants in the future. And of course, the black members are so important for the future of these animals. And and talking about the community, it goes without saying that you're a hugely positive influence. Um, do you believe that the local children and girls want to become black members in the future? Is this something that they aspire to be? Some they want to be because now we are the role model of them. Because we used to go there playing with them, showing how much we love them, and then sending the message to them. Because some of the poachers are from their families, their brothers, uncles. So we're trying to love the kids. So they go home to their families or their parents, they organize a trip for us to go and see the animals. So please, my father or my brother, stop going there to kill the animals because you are destroying my dreams. So we are trying to make a very big friends with the kids and a tribe in, in on that side, in community as well. Well, I'm sure there are loads of girls who will follow in your footsteps and become members. So my last question is quite simple. What is the best thing about being a black mamba? Mm, uh, I love black mambas because I have to, like, I love nature. So here in black mamba, uh, being working here as a female ranger has inspired me so much because uh, this job, some of the people, they say it's a man's job. So we've proven to them that now we are the female stranger in the bush. we proven the point that we can do the men's job. So I love being black members because I learned a lot. I, I, I've been here for so many years and then I've got at least knowledge about something in my mind about the bush. And then another thing, we have to conserve nature because nature conserves us. So... That's why I love this job, being a black mamba. 
Well, that's been such a brilliant insight into your life. And I know you have dreams to become a guide and I'm sure you will. Maybe one day I'll be lucky enough to have you as a guide with all of your experience on foot with the big five. Um, <laughs> sounds like you're going to be one of the most experienced guides out there. Um, yeah, I would be so happy. <laughs> I would be so happy, so happy. Also, give it a few years and I might have to re-interview you. So I'm sure you'll have some more stories to tell. <laughs> you could probably write a book about it you by then. You can. You'll love it. You'll enjoy it. Even to write a book, you can write a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. What a privilege it's been to chat to you. For everyone at home, please do support the members in any way that you can. I'll be sharing a link to their social media pages and website and on there there's loads of different ways that you can support this truly groundbreaking initiative. And Kateko, best of luck in the future and I really do hope that we can get another update from you in a few years. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much to speaking with you. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You've listened to This Wildlife Podcast. Please do check us out on our Instagram page by searching for This Wildlife Podcast. You'll find loads of links and photos to our world-leading guests and often we have some competitions cropping up too. Of course, our main aim is to share the conservation stories that must be told. We're currently listened to in 52 countries, so let's try and beat that and get to 53 in this new series. The main reason to spread the word is we want these vital conservation messages shared far and wide and for people to be entertained and feel like they're connected to the wild areas of our planet, even from their homes. So, if you fancy it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and please do subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. It really does help us. So, from everyone at This Wildlife Podcast, thank you so much for your continued support. We're delighted to have you along on the journey. And remember, we're here to bring the wild to you. <laughs> <laughs>